the Start Your Own Business podcast. Hear inspiring startup stories and get reliable expert advice on how to start your business and get off to the best possible start. Brought to you by Startup Donut, helping small businesses succeed. Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, best-selling author and host of the award-winning e-commerce master plan podcast. And it's a real privilege to be part of this brand new podcast. It's packed with practical advice intended to help you to successfully set up a new business and get it off to a great start. We want to help you to save time and money when starting your business and avoid those common pitfalls. This is the Start Your Own Business podcast by Startup Donut in association with the Federation of Small Businesses. And personally, if I was starting up a business right now, I would be turning to those two organizations for information on how to start and grow my business. So it's brilliant to have them on board. Throughout the series, we'll answer key startup questions, and you'll also be able to learn from the most reliable experts of all, people who have started their own business, people who've been there and done it. We'll bring you some great real-life startup stories. In today's episode, we are exploring how to sell online. We're going to be talking about everything from marketplaces like Amazon, eBay, and Etsy, right through to launching your own website and how to integrate all that with a face-to-face store. Before we meet our guest and get into all of that, please do check out our sponsors. This series of the Start Your Own Business podcast is brought to you by Startup Donut in association with the Federation of Small Businesses. Running your own business is exciting. You've got a great idea, the ambition to succeed, and lots of questions about how you can make your business a success in tough times. That's why the Federation of Small Businesses is behind you every step of the way, whatever your ambitions. FSB is proud to be the leading voice of 5.8 million small businesses and self-employed people like you across the UK, working to promote and protect your interests. With 24-7 legal support, nationwide virtual networking events, market-leading benefits and a powerful voice heard in governments, FSB are by your side so you can get it right from day one. The new Startup Hub has everything you need to know about starting a business, including business law basics, finance fundamentals, and how to secure your first sale. From startup to scale up, start your business journey with FSB. Find out more and download the free startup guide today by visiting fsb.org.uk forward slash start. It's time to introduce our startup expert, Chris Dawson. Chris is the editor of TameBay, the news, forum and directory website for those selling goods online. He founded TameBay way back in 2006 and has been in e-commerce even longer than that. With his wide and varied e-commerce knowledge, he's the perfect guest to help you set up a successful business that sells online. Hello, Chris. Hello, Chloe. Thank you for having me today. It's great to have you here. Right, let's let's dive in with how, how on earth did you end up working with small businesses? How did you get started in that? Well, it sounds obvious, but by starting a small business myself, <laughs> I actually got made redundant two weeks before I was due to complete a house purchase, my first house. And I was, didn't tell the mortgage company I'd lost my job. I moved in and had to pay the mortgage. So I started selling products on eBay and it soon turned into a full-time business. And naturally, I met other people that sold on, on marketplaces. 
And then five years, six years later, um, we started Tame Bay as a help and advice site for the community that, that, that I already knew. And um, obviously, since then, uh, we, we've worked with a ton of other businesses over the years that have found us through Tame Bay. Excellent. So you very much know what our audience are going through if you've you've kind of been there in that startup position. So let's get let's get straight into this world of of online selling. What's the benefit of selling online versus selling offline? Well, I think at the moment we can look back at the pandemic with the high street closed and pretty much all non-essential retail closed plus a load of other businesses and say that Online is the one thing that has kept going. Um, but it's not just about an emergency situation with a, a, a pandemic. It's also the fact that it doesn't matter how many stores you have, whether you open up one store, two stores, ten stores, um, your reach is still the local area of that store. Online opens you up to the entire country um, to sell to. And in fact, you can sell overseas as well. So what online really does for you is it massively expands your audience. And it doesn't matter if you're selling products or services um, or you, you, you're a tradesman and you supply a trade. Wherever you advertise that's offline, like the local newspaper, for example, it's only going to reach a limited circulation. Whereas online, it's 24 hours a day. It's there permanently, unlike the newspaper that gets thrown away at the end of the day or the end of the week. And unlike your retail shop, uh, you have to close at night. You have to sleep sometime. But online just carries on through the night. And there'll be night owls at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning that are still buying from you. So, Chris, you mentioned eBay. That's where you started, which, of course, is a, is the one of the one of the ways in which people can sell online with marketplaces. So, what makes marketplaces a good place to to start your business? One thing and one thing alone, Chloe, customers. The great thing about a marketplace is they have millions of customers in the UK as well as around the world. But like eBay has been getting. 25, 29 million customers a month. Amazon is similar. If you open your own website, no one's going to visit your website the day you open it because they don't know it exists. But marketplaces already have customers on there. And in fact, I'd be surprised if most of the people listening haven't actually bought something from a marketplace, either from eBay or Etsy or Amazon or one of the other, other many marketplaces that are out there. So while you have to pay fees to sell on a marketplace, the balance of that argument is the marketplace has customers that are already probably looking for your products and services and want to buy them. Um, and the marketplace can help you reach those customers a lot faster than building your own website. So if, if we want quick sales and if we are a bit scared of marketing maybe, or we don't have the time or the money to invest in marketing at this point, marketplaces would be a really obvious place to start. Absolutely. And it's not just about quick sales. It's about ongoing volume of sales over months and years into the future. Most businesses that I know that sell on marketplaces do as much, if not more, sales on marketplaces than they do on their own website. And that's for businesses that have been built up over many, many years. Let's, let's not forget that if you're running a website, 
you're probably going to pay search engines like Google advertising fees to advertise your website. So although you might think a sale on your website is free because you're not paying fees, where you pay fees on the marketplace, the, 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 the balance to that is that you're going to have to pay to advertise your website. Naturally, I think you should have a website as well. But there are costs involved in setting up a website. You'll need to buy a URL, which doesn't cost a lot. It's a £10 a year. Um, but then you're going to need to buy website hosting, somewhere to host your website. And then you're probably going to have to buy a, shop, a, a shopping solution, a shopping cart solution. There are some free ones, but there are others that you have to pay for. And that could easily cost you 10, 20, 30 pounds a month um, as well. So the website costs are there, but the big advantage of most marketplaces is that you only really pay if you sell. So you haven't got upfront costs to actually list on the marketplace, but they take a, a percentage of the sale price when you sell something. It kind of reduces your risk, doesn't it? Because like you said, with your own website, you have costs you have to pay no matter what you do. And then you've got the marketing that you've got to pay in order to get the sales. Whereas on a marketplace, the only thing you've got to pay out for before you sell something is the product. Exactly. And most people will have sold something before online. So it's not like it's something new. People have sold something on eBay or Gumtree or Depop or Vinted or any of the many, many marketplaces that are out there. And if you've ever bought something on a marketplace or you've sold on a marketplace, you've probably already got a bit of a bit of an idea of how it works. Um, setting up as a business just means that you're going to be a bit more professional about it and you'll have your own products to sell. But if you've bought something from a marketplace, the chances are pretty high that you've bought from a business just like the one that you're thinking of setting up. Now, Chris, you've mentioned a lot of different marketplace platforms out there because, of course, it's not just about eBay and Amazon. There's a lot more. How do we work out which one to start on? Because that can be a crucial decision, can't it? It certainly can. And it really comes down to the product set that you're selling. So Amazon is a massive marketplace, but eBay have more categories. So eBay cater, Amazon cater generally for newer box products. Whereas if you're selling collectibles and antiques, or if you're selling motor parts, or if you're selling cars, then eBay is a better option because they've got categories for it. If you're selling handmade products, then a marketplace called Etsy is absolutely fantastic. If you're selling gift products, there's not on the high street. If you're selling food products, then there's Yumbles. So there are a ton of marketplaces out there. And the real differentiator is um, that you should pick the marketplace first that's most suitable for the goods that you're selling. But sometimes, and in fact often, you might think, actually, I should be selling on multiple marketplaces. So let's say you were selling handmade chocolates, for example, then Yumbles as a food marketplace would sound ideal. But hang on a minute, people buy chocolates for Valentine's Day and Mother's Day. So not on the high street is a gift marketplace. So it's natural to sell on there as well. But then you've got to ask yourself the question, well, if I'm selling on Yumbles and I'm selling on the high street, why wouldn't I offer my products on Amazon and eBay as well? And you start to build up a portfolio of marketplaces that you sell on. 
which is um, is when it gets a little bit more complicated, isn't it? <laughs> it does because you've got more places to collect your orders from and answer customer questions. But there are software solutions that can do that for you and collate all of your orders from multiple marketplaces into a single platform so that they all appear in one place. Well, we're not going to get too deep into that today because we are, of course, talking to the startup audience rather than uh, rather than others. And we don't want to overwhelm you at this point, guys. So basically, to work out which platform to use, which marketplace to use, it's all about where our product fix, fits in the best. So we'd be, we'd be crazy to try and sell, I don't know, uh, mobile phone accessories on the food marketplace and we'd be, or Etsy, for that we're going to go to Amazon or eBay. Of course. And it's very much, if, you, if you're selling something that you're enthusiastic about, you probably know a bit about the product and you probably know where you would go to buy those products. And if you would go to buy them there, then other people will go to buy them there as well. And once we've found our marketplace we think is going to be the right place for us, how do we get started? How do we get set up? If you've never used the marketplace before, the first thing I would suggest is be a buyer on the marketplace. Go and make some test purchases, buy 10 or 15 items and see what experience you get, what type of service other sellers are offering that are established on the marketplace And it also will build up what we call a feedback score, which is basically when you buy and sell, um, you can leave each other feedback and say, hey, great seller, A++, five-star rating. And it'll give you a bit of an idea of what the, the expectations are from the marketplace by what other people are doing. Once you've bought bought some items and you're familiar with the marketplace, you may not have to do that if you've already used the marketplace before, if you're, you're enthusiastic about the marketplace, then the best way to get started is, quite frankly, list your first item. Um, the biggest mistake people make with the marketplace is they may list one item and it starts selling and they're really, really happy And then sales drop off and they wonder why sales are dropping. It's probably because you've not been listing any more items. The more items you list, the more sales you'll get. And marketplaces like successful sellers. So the the more often you make a sale, the more traffic they'll drive to your listings. But it all starts by listing that first product. Excellent advice there, Chris. Thank you. Now, we you mentioned a couple of elements around having your own website. And I'm sure there's some people listening who are like, okay, got the marketplaces bit, but I want my own e-commerce site. I want my own store. What are the reasons someone might want to create their own e-commerce site on day one? Well, first of all, if someone buys a product from me on a marketplace and searches for you, you need to have a website. It's just like having a calling card on the web. It doesn't have to be a transactional website. You can actually have a website and just display your product on eBay from it or have a link to your Amazon listings, your Etsy listings. So it's saying to people, hey, this is who I am. This is where I live on the Internet. This is how you can get in touch with me if you need to. And I think every business should have a website nowadays. There's no excuse for it, whether you're a window cleaner or a taxi driver or a hairdresser a solicitor, it doesn't really matter. Think about what you do when you're looking for a business. You probably just pick up your mobile phone and do do an internet search. And you want to be found when someone searches for you. So 
get your own website and it also will give you your own domain uh, i.e. your web address like mine is www.tamebay.com and that comes with an email address so my email is chris at tamebay.com and it's just a, a little bit more uh, business-like than using chris at gmail.com so have a website have a url put up a, a, ho- a home page and tell people about yourself And then you can make the decision whether you want to add in an e-commerce element and make it a transactional website or whether you still want to carry on with marketplace sales and drive traffic to the marketplaces from your website. And you've always got the option, obviously, if you do that, to changing it into transactional e-commerce website later down the line. Now, Chris, we mentioned, let's just cover off this um, this non-transactional website before we get deeper into the e-commerce version. I'm thinking a platform for that might be Wix or might be WordPress. Would those be where you'd go as a, as a startup to create that simple site? Absolutely. Wix is a website which is very easy to build. And there are others like um, CreateSpace and Squarespace as well. Um, and, it, and WordPress is a blogging platform. And with WordPress, if you can actually host it on WordPress.com. So you don't have to worry about too much at all. It's very point and click and very, very easy to do. If you've ever dragged and dropped an image onto an email, then you're pretty much set up for dragging and dropping an image onto a website. Excellent. So there we go, guys. Lots of Lots of recommendations on how to do that part. Now, if we want to start selling via our own website, what are the key things we should bear in mind for that? There are three elements to selling. Listing and displaying products and allowing people to click and buy them. Delivering them and taking payment. Now, you're going to need some website software. And some of those sites like Wix, for example, they do have e-commerce elements, so you can add in e-commerce to, to the website afterwards. For payments, you're going to need a payment provider. Now, if, for instance, you're selling on Etsy, there's Etsy Pay that you could use. If you're selling on Amazon, there's Amazon Pay, so you can keep your finances all in the same place. And most of us will probably be aware of PayPal which you can add to almost any website platform out there. So that's payments taken care of. And then for delivery, you're going to need, and this applies whether you're selling on your own website or marketplace, you're going to need a courier to deliver your items. The one you probably think of, first of all, is Royal Mail. But there are loads of other carriers, which for heavier items can have better rates, Um, like Hermes or Yodel or DPD or Parcel Force. So it'll depend a little bit on what type of products you've got. But there are also sites where you can book a courier from multiple carriers, depending which one's the best price for your product, like Parcel to Go, for example. And if you go to their website, you can book a courier to come and collect from you or drop it off at a parcel shop. And you'll be able to pick the best price courier for for the product and the size and weight you're sending that day. Yeah, so payment method for our own site, we have to have in place before we can sell anything. Yes. But the delivery we could be a little lazy about and just just take it down to the post office. We don't need to build a relationship in that place from day one, do we? You can do that after the event, yes. But what you'll find is when you add an e-commerce element to a website, 
you probably won't be able to set it up without without setting up what type of payment you're going to collect. No one wants cash or checks in the post or postal orders. You're going to want electronic payments. And PayPal is a pretty good bet for most people, I have to be honest. And we can't really talk about everything we're talking about without mentioning the world of Shopify, because of course, some e-commerce, you know, if we're going to go full e-commerce and go for a full-on e-commerce platform that's got everything bolted in, I know Wix, as you mentioned, have that e-commerce bolt-on that will handle the payments and do all the cool e-commerce stuff. And WordPress has the WooCommerce option. But I'm sure a lot of our listeners, when they hear e-commerce in the startup space, think of Shopify. So at what point do we decide to make the leap to to a platform like Shopify that's going to be charging us that flat fee every month to, to have us on board? I've got to be honest, and I very much prefer to build a business organically and have an income stream before I start investing heavily. Now, if you're starting selling online, that's why I very much favour starting with marketplaces. And by all means, as I say, you should definitely have a website as a calling card on the web. But when you've built up sales on marketplaces and you've got a revenue stream, that's the time to start investing in in an e-commerce website. And a mistake that a lot of people make is starting off with the wrong platform and having to pick another one very quickly afterwards. So if you do start with Wix, they do have an e-commerce solution, but it's quite a basic e-commerce solution. And at some point, if you really, really grow your website sales, you're going to think, right, I need Shopify or I need big commerce or um, I need a better platform. And it's a real pain to have to swap from the small site to the bigger site, even though the small site was easy to set up in the first place. Um, So I would say get sales coming through the door. A business is not really a business if you don't have a revenue stream and you're not making profits. So Get, get the revenue stream first of all, and that'll put you in a position where you can think, okay, I'm now ready to invest in an e-commerce website and I'll go for Shopify or BigCommerce or if I used WordPress, I might add WooCommerce. You can add that down, down the line, but don't, don't, don't invest a ton of money and have a cracking website but have no one buying from you. Get your revenue stream and your profits coming in first. I love from what you're saying there, Chris, is this this method. It's like the minimum viable product idea where we test before we invest a lot. We see the customers actually want our product. Can we make money from this product before we spend a lot of time and resources building the next level? And I think... You know, that's such an important message for anyone planning a startup is you don't need an all singing or dancing web experience on day one. On day one, you need to prove there's customers who are willing to pay a price for your product that makes you profit. Otherwise, what's the point? The other point I really love that you made just there, Chris, was about site migrations. And I know this is a long way down the line for everyone listening. But moving e-commerce websites is one of the worst things in the world to have to do. I speak as someone who's been involved in many of these projects. And yes, for those of you listening, it's two or three years away for you. But if you make the right decisions now, then you will save yourself a lot of pain, a lot of heartache and a lot of cost further down the line. So um, so some great points points there, Chris. And we we should also mention the world of bricks and clicks. Because of course, if we're selling physical products, 
we can also sell them offline. So how does someone who's, let's say maybe someone who's planning on having a market stall or a physical store, should they be bringing in um, online selling from day one as well? Absolutely. And the reason for that is, as I said right at the beginning of this podcast, if you've got a retail store or a market stall, um, you're, you're really only selling to the local area. And why wouldn't you want people to be able to buy from the whole country for you? Um, but also, some people will think, okay, I'm selling online. I've, I'm, I'm not a retailer. I don't have a shop. Why would I worry about local sales? And you're, you will find that sometimes people will want your products in a hurry and they'll be willing to come and collect them or pay you to deliver them locally. So I'm all in favour of a, a, a kind of blended approach. And as you get bigger, you might move from your ho home or your garage into a, into a warehouse. Now, although the warehouse is predominantly going to be for shipping your online orders, how many warehouses do you know that kind of have a trade counter where you can actually go and collect from them? And if you can have customers that are local that will come and collect from you, they'll buy from you, even if you're not the cheapest, just because they've got that convenience of being able to pick the products up the same day. So think about it not as I either have a retail shop or I go online. In today's world, you should be thinking, I need to do both. And, and why wouldn't I do both? I can sell locally from my retail store or my trade counter. I can sell across the whole country on the internet. And in fact, I can sell across the whole world on the internet. Excellent, Chris. Well, we've gone from the, the simple selling on a marketplace right the way through to almost multi-channel e-commerce in today's session, which is, which is brilliant uh, to give you guys out there an idea of what you might want to go. But before we wrap up, what's the key thing, Chris, you want listeners to take away from this episode? I have to say, I've met loads of people over the years who talk a lot about starting a business. But what they never actually do is start. So the biggest advice I can give you is go away from this podcast today and go and get started. And it's very, very easy to get started. Even if you don't have a product left, you've probably got a ton of stuff around your house that you could sell on a site like eBay. So go and get your first listing done. Sell some products from around the house, things that you don't need anymore, that old mobile phone or the clothes that you don't wear anymore. Sell them on a marketplace and actually start a business. You will, of course, want to either manufacture your own products or source them from a wholesaler or a manufacturer. But get started today. There's no reason that by the end of today, you can't have your first product listed on eBay or another marketplace get started. Don't just talk about it. Do it. I love that advice. Well, look, Chris, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know how they can find you and your business on the web, please? Yes, of course. You'll find me at tamebay.com, T-A-M-E-B-A-Y.com. It's a, a blog all about marketplaces in the UK and around the world. And if there's ever anything you need to know about a marketplace, you'll almost certainly find it on Tame Bay. And you'll also find the very latest news on what's going on in marketplaces. Excellent. Thanks, Chris. It's been great chatting with you. And thanks for giving our audience so much great advice. 
Oh, what an excellent set of advice from Chris there. I think the, the key points from what he went through were um, multi-channel where we ended. Don't worry about that too much, but it is an option if you are definitely doing that physical store part. So if you're going for physical stores, don't forget the online space as well. Secondly, get started. Like Chris said, you can talk about it a lot, but getting started doesn't have to be big and complicated. You can take that first step, do something small, but it will start you on the journey and you'll start learning the skills and the everything else you need to know to make the bigger business a success as you start building it. And then thirdly, that marketplaces are by far and away the easiest, quickest place to start. When you're listed on there, you're going to start finding out so much about your product, about your customer, about how to sell, and you're going to be earning money into the bargain. But do have that kind of um, almost business card website set up early on so people can find you if they if they want to. And when you're making your choice of website, consider the longer term game of where you want to end up because getting a long way down the line on the wrong platform can lead to a lot of challenges when you move. So you can get the notes from this episode and links to all those juicy free resources we mentioned at startupdonut.co.uk forward slash podcast. And that's donut spelt D-O-N-U-T. So startupdonut.co.uk forward slash podcast. There you will also find a wealth of advice and guides to help you to launch and grow your business. As you know, this series is here to hold your hand through setting up and launching your new business. So next up, we're going to be covering a topic that often gets left out of startup plans and forgotten once things start happening, but which is crucial to long-term success. And that's how to look after yourself. And if you're enjoying the series, please do spread the word to others who are in that startup process, who are excited about starting up their business, because we want to help them avoid all these pitfalls too. Thanks to FSB for making this whole series possible. And don't forget to download their free startup guide. Details on that are coming up in a moment. Running your own business is exciting. You've got a great idea, the ambition to succeed, and lots of questions about how you can make your business a success in tough times. That's why the Federation of Small Businesses is behind you every step of the way, whatever your ambitions. The FSB Startup Hub has everything you need to know about starting a business, including business law basics, finance fundamentals, and how to secure your first sale. From startup to scale up, start your business journey with FSB. Find out more and download a free startup guide today by visiting fsb.org.uk start.